This is gonna be fucking fun. by Revolution Brewing. I'm Pete. I'm Ryan. You are in the hole with Major League A-Holes. This is also simultaneously Sox-type thing. I forgot what episode numbers these are. It's been like three weeks, two or three weeks since we recorded. Uh, life, work, lots of sports are getting in the way. There's This is the, like the greatest sports time of the year, by the way. It like, is, it is. It college is. football, NFL, of course, baseball playoffs, NASCAR, Formula One, everything it's all happening at once it's crazy but we needed to get this one recorded we were halfway through the playoffs kind of an <laughs> awkward time to start our postseason podcasting i bet Again. one of us can you now now how dumb are we at ba- or how bad are we at baseball predictions because between one of us we should be able to pick a world series winner correctly there's yeah, only four teams we're we're way off so yeah we're, we're gonna We'll get into our Nostra dumbass predictions that are have gone wildly wrong so far in this postseason and are pretty much over already, which is crazy to think of. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little breakdown of each series that we've seen so far. But uh, before we get into that, though, we are definitely going to have to start out with the death of La Russa Palooza, as we know it. As it's been about two and a half weeks now since La Russa announced that he was not returning as the White Sox manager, uh, we've got to break down, break that down. Pete's got his statement up in front, and we're gonna we're gonna break down every sentence because there's a lot to digest there. But uh, we also have some interesting rumors involving Jose Abreu possibly going to the north side of Chicago, and we'll I'm gonna I think we're gonna break down whether that was just some clickbait or if there's some real there's some real thought behind that. So we'll or real uh, actual an actuality potentially. So I guess we should just go ahead and jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. You know, there's mixed emotions here with this one, and the only reason there's mixed emotions is... um, it's sad that La Russa Palooza as a segment is is going away. That is uh, that is a that is you, where my sadness comes from. You took the words out of my mouth because that's how I was going to open this. Like this is the last time I think that I get to use my my favorite drop that I've ever created. The the intro for La Russa Palooza. When was the last time you saw somebody intentionally walked on one and two? I mean, is that really a question? You know who this is? Uh, La Russa. Quit the car and park. Team owner Jerry Reinsdorf knew about this DUI when he offered him the job. Is there is there some question whether that was a good move or not? Yes. I mean, maybe by chance. I have a strange feeling because he's an egomaniac. He'll be in the news, so <laughs> He'll find his a, somehow. we might be able to to dust that off uh, occasionally throughout the baseball season. But I might just uh, make up reasons to drop it in every so often. 
Maybe we could have uh, this day in Terry La Russa history. Oh, nice! Yeah, go over go over the last two ridiculous years. What happened? Oh on those God! Dates? No, no, no! We'll go further back. Further okay. back. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but as as Smitty said, uh, you know, we've That's been me. trying to we've been trying to do this. Uh, you know, all, all transparency. I started a new job, so my schedule's been kind of crazy, and some a bunch of kids stuff. So we're here. I and, had a dentist appointment in there that screwed things up. It's not all you. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, it it's uh, it, we would be remiss, even though this is like older news now, if we did yeah. not talk about this and give our our thoughts on it. Oh, we're gonna talk about it. So I'm going to this. This isn't going to be as dramatic as O Slider Slide. <laughs> yeah, please don't but, do the weird but, accent or whatever you had going for that. I'm not going to read it as a <laughs> as a thespian, but uh, or whatever I was. Um, but I'm I'm going to start reading it. And as uh, you interrupt when you want to make a comment, I'll probably obviously I'll I'm be sure positive. you've got some comments. I have some thoughts. So. Um, here we go. This is the official statement released by Tony La Russa. It'd be great was, if you did a good Tony La Russa impression. I haven't really heard anyone do a good I one. I don't think we'll be able to really understand it because it'd be like a Just lot of mum- mumbling. Mumbling like, and mumbling. Uh, no. I mean, here, I'll do. The, I'll just do the first sentence and then uh, as Tony. Uh, whew. Uh, <laughs> this uh, this uh, February, uh, I... Uh, had a pacemaker uh, installed and it's kind of bill belichick actually was cleared by <laughs> okay we'll, we'll stop Never mind. okay all right anyway all right here Thank we you. go let's the, start the, over the real the real reading of this okay <laughs> this february i had a pacemaker installed and was cleared by my doctors to begin spring training as scheduled thank you hallelujah yeah a periodic check of the device later identified a problem okay Yep, this is all Dur- things we've we've Dur- talked that was speculated. We talked about it, that makes sense. During batting practice on August thirtieth, surprise, surprise, I was informed of the issue, taken out of uniform, and tested by doctors the next day. Now I don't know about you, but the phrasing of that, I just picture Rick Hahn like changing them like a baby, <laughs> like he's taking them out of the uniform. Get out of there. We got to get you to the doctor. Wiping his take ass. Taking you out of uniform. The baby wipes. <laughs> I'm taking you out of uniform. I don't know. When well, I, this, I re- maybe that's but, what they were talking about when you were, you were recklessly speculating about the, the posture and the, the, wild gesturing of rick hahn while they're the photos taken of them on the field yes it looked maybe, animated yeah maybe maybe tony was like objecting to rick telling him <laughs> i need your uniform immediately that's what it was <laughs> hand it in you're out sucker <laughs> uh so um continuing the solution <laughs> the solution was to update the pacemaker in arizona and for me not to return as manager without medical clearance Okay, so that makes sense. We know all this. This would have been all good to hear, like at the time, instead of for two weeks, like no one really understanding what was going on. He could have released at least that part of the statement at that moment. Yeah, I don't think there's anything terrible about that. No, I mean, I don't understand why you, a public, a public person, would keep that private. There's nothing private about that to me. Especially since he decided to release it anyway. It's his exactly. It's his prerogative, but still, it would have. I mean, he is a public figure that his presence or lack thereof had a major impact on 
Bat Baseball Club and all of its fans. So we have lots of people are going to want to know what the fuck was going on. We all speculated. Fortunately, a lot of that came out and we were actually, I think most of the stuff we read was accurate because I, I don't feel like anything he said there refuted anything we've said on, on this podcast in previous episodes. So um, this is where it gets kind of weird. The second paragraph. Too. Okay. Because because now the timeline moves back again. Now yeah, he kind of jumped back. around. Yeah, we're gonna go back at that. It's almost as if he's like in his seven, late seven, mid seventies or something. Um, during an annual private exam after the first of the year, a second health issue was also diagnosed. So this just, was this is interesting because this is around the pacemaker time. So he's talking about yes. the first of the year. It's it's almost like it's before the pacemaker, but he's calling it a second issue. Maybe yes. because he referred to the first one after his timeline is is interesting, but yes, yes, I think we know. I think we know what's going on at least. But yeah, I decided to delay confronting it until the off season. While I was inactive with the pacemaker, the second issue was analyzed. The result is that a corrective plan has been developed by my medical team, and implementation has begun. I informed the White Sox of this second issue while I was out of uniform in the nude dealing, dealing with the pacemaker. So Rick, <laughs> we know Rick successfully got him out of the uniform. And well, he, he likes was... to inform the White Sox while he's in the nude of all <laughs> his was... medical situations. That's right. I forgot <laughs> That's what that. I took from this. Yes. I am naked and I'm <laughs> informing you. It's quite breezy. Um, <laughs> As I have stated previously, I continue to request privacy related to my health issues and appreciate those who have respected that request. This is what I'm calling bullshit. I mean, he had the issue before the pacemaker even. This is the second issue, which is really the first issue. And he, right. decided, he decided not to do anything about it. Then magically, while he has this pacemaker issue, this original issue is so dire that he has to... Uh, not be the White Sox manager anymore. So his timeline is confusing. The The logic is confusing. Again, this is, it's not that big a deal. It, it's a, it's a, a man's medical issues are not, are not anything we need to pine over. He, he's just too fucking old is, is what this should, that whole, those two paragraphs could have come down to is you shouldn't have hired a 78 year old manager because you're going to have health issues. Um, you know, I'll go back to conspiracy theory. Perhaps he didn't really tell them in January and he broke the news to Rick on the field as he got the news about the pacemaker. And Rick's like, you couldn't have fucking told me this in January? Led to wild gestures. Yes, I could see that. That's plausible now. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> Get your tinfoil hat on. Uh, oh, my. There's one more. My overall one mm. more sentence to that. My overall prognosis is good. And I want to thank everyone who has reached out to me with well wishes related to my health. Yeah, everybody wishes him well. I mean, everyone had to give that disclaimer before we are terribly critical of his performance. Well, well we don't want, want the fucker to die, but so now, um, you know, here's the plausible deniability of mm. his health and managing. At no time this season did either issue negatively uh, affect my responsibilities as White Sox manager. It was However, just his general incompetence. None of the issues, none of the medical issues affected that. Exactly. Uh, 
his just ability to fall asleep in the dugout mm. on, on a moment's notice. However, it has become obvious that the length of treatment and recovery process for the second health issue makes it impossible for me to be the White Sox manager in 2023. Again, I mean, I think that's very convenient that they can blame it on a medical issue, but that's fine. I mean, the, the net result is he's not your manager next year. Yes, the net result is good. The timing of this announcement now enables the front office to include filling the manager position with their other offseason priorities. Oh, quite well, convenient. Thank you so yes. much, Tony. As like, opposed to early September or mid-season where other managers were fired across Major League Baseball who are now, which teams are now competing I mean, in, the, in, the, in the league championship series as we speak. Oh, I know. Every time I see the Phillies advance another round, I cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I have anything against them, because yeah. they well, acted at the right time. We'll, we'll get to that, but yes, that, that ties in nicely with our full conversation tonight. I mean, seriously, that la the the last sentence I just mm. read really gets under my skin. Yeah, and the reason it gets under my skin is like it doesn't even need to be said. You're not doing anyone any fucking favors. You would have done a fucking favor if you oh. had the balls to tell Jerry, I'm in no condition to manage a baseball team anymore. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So, fuck off. Anyway, um, our team's record this season is the final reality. It is an unacceptable disappointment. It sounds like a, sounds like a, like a horror movie franchise, <laughs> just the final reality. TLR, the <laughs> final reality. It is the Halloween season, so maybe that's it where is. my mind is going. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there were some pluses, but too many minuses. Now, uh, uh, all the pluses occurred after he left. So, yeah, what pluses is he talking uh, outside about? Outside of Dylan C's. Um, mm, yeah. So, um, He'll take credit for that. In the major leagues, you either do or you don't. I like that. Explanations come across as excuses. Totally agree so, with that. Respect and trust demand accountability. And during my managerial, managerial career, I understood that the ultimate responsibility for each minus belongs to the manager. Well, that's interesting because we've talked about accountability and responsibility throughout this year, and there doesn't seem to be any at this, at, at least for the 2022 season. So it's funny that he talks about the talks in those terms at this point. Yes. Um, I was hired to provide positive Difference making leadership and support. Our record is proof. I did not do my job. I agree. Yeah. Can't argue, argue with that. There. All right. The 2020 and 2021 seasons were important positive steps for this organization ending with playoff baseball. I take pride in the 2021 season because our team dealt with the pressure of being labeled as favorite by earning a division championship and posting winning records in each of the season's six months. The second point is fine. Winning records yeah. in each of the six months, that's Who cool. Cares? But dealing with the pressure, fuck you. That's that's your job. That's that's what every everyone's job is, no matter what the expectations are. And yeah. That's and ridiculous. FYI, patting yourself FYI, on the back for that. Patty, well, did you he left out the first round departure again? That's that's magical. Brilliant. <laughs> That's a savvy um, old manager right there. <laughs> Crafty. <laughs> um, in 2022, we have some movement in the wrong. Yeah, we have some movement in the wrong direction. <laughs> That's no, a really, really interesting way to put that. You really? fucking failed is another way to put that. But 
some movement the, in the wrong direction. Uh, the key now is to figure out what is right versus what is wrong. Well, we kind of got part of it figured out. We got, out. We got down, to the, down to a lot he of it right there. He gone. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced that the process will be productive and the players will be receptive. The future for this team remains bright. I don't disagree with that statement. I I I, I completely disagree. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's fine. But like, I I don't see any I don't see any reason why a different manager with the uh, the paper talent on the team, if he can get what he's supposed to get out of those guys, and they can keep them on the field, why mm. you know they wouldn't be back in the playoffs next year, but. That's a that's a whole nother conversation. Like, yeah, I think we can down break that the road. down in the off season. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. This thing's still going. Oh, At yeah. no time have I been disappointed or upset with White Sox fans, including those who at times chanted "Fire Tony." This is where I picture him. Like, if he was if he was as cool as Ozzy Guillen, he would have bought one of our "Fire Tony" T shirts and wore it in a press conference. Right. Addressing that. I think I just, when he said that, like he's fully aware of what was going on. He's obviously hearing the crowd as there is some speculation that he may not be hearing the crowd or there was when that one uh, guy in the front row. I was going to say someone managed, managed the game for him. Yeah, exactly. So he's definitely hearing the crowd. There's no, there's no doubt about that, but yeah, I thought that was funny that he even brought that up and specifically the fire Tony. Yeah. Um, It, I feel like he did it. I feel like he addressed that in a press conference at some point. Basically oh, he saying, had? yeah, basically saying the same thing he's a, he says in this sentence. They come to games with passion for our team sure. and a strong desire to win. I, I, that, that's, I've heard other managers say things like that. I just never heard them reference like direct cheers against them. I'm, maybe it hasn't happened no. that often, but I think it's no, remarkable I that agree. he did actually reference the exact Fire Tony chant, which is. I think that's cool in a way that, I mean, the only way he could have been cooler, like I said, if he's, he bought one of our t-shirts at aesthetics.shop and the fire Tony uh, uh, t-shirt that we have available. Yes. You should go. Everyone listening should go buy one right now. Um, buy two actually get it as a present for Christmas. It's oh yeah. Stock Christmas is coming. This. Christmas <laughs> is go. coming. Um, loud and excited when we win. Oh God, I'm getting into the Dylan Cease voice. They rightly are upset when we play poorly. Okay, yeah. A great example of this support came in game three of last year's division series. No disrespect intended to any of the other teams and their fans, but that was the most electric crowd I ever experienced. Because a Kane guy. I mean, I mean that fucking wizard, whatever whatever (laughs) whatever he was doing produced the electricity that Tony has never seen before. Um, it was terrifying. All right. We're almost at the end of this, by the way. Thank Christ. Finally, I am sincerely disappointed that I am leaving without the opportunity to finish what I was brought in to do. That's so an interesting we. way. I would have, if he could have just removed the word, the opportunity, I would have agreed with that statement completely. Read that. Can you do me a favor and read that one, that one sentence again? Just don't say the opportunity. Okay. Yes. Let me, do that that Let me do that for you. All right. Uh, <laughs> check one, two. We good? All right. Uh, <laughs> finally, I am sincerely disappointed that I am leaving without the. Uh, no, I have to. I'm going to review. I'm going to redo it again. Removing a few words. Oh, okay. then it doesn't. Make, yeah. 
Finally, I am sincerely disappointed that I am leaving without finishing what I was brought in to do. That I would agree with. But when he talks about the opportunity, he he had the opportunity to he had two years to to do this and he did not. So yes, it's kind of I don't know. I just don't like I don't like how he worded that. But that's splitting hairs a little bit now. I still appreciate the chance to come back home to the White Sox and leave today with many more good memories than disappointments. Mm. Mm, debatable. That's interesting. That's a glass half full or a glass a quarter full and you call it half. What did he say? Do uh, or do not like Yoda? Yeah. What did he say earlier? <laughs> like either there you do or you don't. Do. Yeah. I mean, he, you're either successful or you're not. I mean, it's, it's binary. He said it. I mean, at good, least in his mind. So he's got more good memories than bad ones. I don't know how, but because right. pretty much from the everything was bad from the first round departure on. Yeah. In the playoffs, pretty much. He's also famous for like anytime reporters or anyone would, would see him on a game day or whenever. You know, before the game, they would ask, Hey, how you doing, Tony? I don't know. I'll That's tell what, you after the game. Yeah, exactly. That's so it's line. like yeah, so this is kind of, you know, suddenly he's very circumspect and has perspective on everything. <laughs> there are more good times and bad times overall, but for a guy that, I mean, he's just kind of contradicting himself. But again, I'm splitting hairs, kicking the guy on the way out the door. Um, one last sentence, thank God. Um, yeah. As I have said many times during my career, no manager has ever had more good fortune than I have. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think that closes the book on Tony La Russa. I mean, what, 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 what's next? I guess the only things that are left for speculation is, is he going to have a position within the organization somehow? Uh, he... I don't, I don't think so. Cause I don't think he's allowed to have any baseball duties, quote unquote, because well, of his lingering medical issue. Well, I mean, he could be a consultant from his couch in Arizona. You know, who knows? There, there's lots of things. I, I just hadn't seen anything where he's actually been removed from the organization. So I, I think there will be more some more clarity on that. But is he, you know, an advisor to the manager to be? You know, is there? Is he going to be? You know, Tony, Tony and Jerry have that long relationship that has fucked up the last two seasons for you guys. Uh, I think he, I think he's out though. I, I just, I mean, we heard the speculation about him moving to the front office or some uh, to some capacity. I, I don't think, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And I haven't, I guess I just haven't seen anything that says he's a hundred percent gone and it will have no contact with him. Like he was fired essentially, but I don't know. I think we'll learn. We'll hear more about that as, as things progress. Yeah. I mean, I guess he did. I guess he does say over and over again that he can't return to his managerial duties. So it right. does leave the it does leave the door open. He yeah, I mean, say, Christ, he was he flew to like Oakland for that one series right after the incident, and was I know that was Dave Stewart's. Right? Yeah, he was fine. You know, so I don't know. I find a lot of this disingenuous or confusing, maybe, or maybe he'll throw out the first pit. Throw out the first pitch for opening day. <laughs> I hope he does because I will definitely. They'll give me the opportunity to play that drop again. <laughs> so will they? Will they chant "Fire Tony" when he comes uh, out? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they will actually, because usually opening day by the first pitch, it's pretty saucy. If you know what I mean. Um, I've seen it. 
Um, so the White Sox need to fill the manager vacancy. So I, yeah. I thought uh, you you had mentioned before we uh, went on the air that you you know you're obviously not here and you as I would expect, really haven't been following this with bated breath like someone like I might be. I really so, um, Yeah, so uh, the Sox have interviewed some people already, and uh, there is speculation that there will be an announcement by the end of the month. So that's mm. only a little over a week away. Um, so, one, I'll start out by saying Sandy Alomar Jr. has not been interviewed, and I think that's, that's your number huge, one. That's that your number was, one that, candidate. That that was my number one candidate until I was shocked that they actually went out and interviewed Joe Espada, the Houston bench coach, who's been to four ALCSs in the last four years, and 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 been been part of a winning culture and. Mm, I have to say, much like AJ Hinch. Yes. Uh, now, you know that hasn't translated for Detroit yet, but um, <laughs> there, you know, I I like the idea of bringing that. I want them to bring someone who's been part of a winning culture and <laughs> recently. You know what I mean? Not not fifteen not years ago, nineteen eighty nine yeah. or two thousand eleven. Yeah. So so. I like that rumored to be the front runner. He also interviewed for the Marlins vacancy. I'm, I would assume the white Sox vacancy would probably be a little more attractive, but mm, you don't know. The Marlins, are the Marlins are trending upwards. So they've got a, they've got a rotation there that might be yeah. interesting for years to come. So, um, w- another name on the list, which does not excite me is, uh, Pedro, uh, I think it's Griffel or Grifel, the KC bench coach. I'll take a hard pass on that. Uh, <laughs> Got to no get that KC stink off of you. Yeah, no one oh, working on that. No one working in that organization right now uh, excites me on any level. Um, mm. So he'll probably be the next manager. Mm. Um, other guys that have been talked about, there's not total. I believe they did interview Ron Washington. Which I don't think the cocaine a, cowboy. I would, yeah. I would love that. I would, I'd have a field day with all of with that. At least that one indiscretion in his recent past for a, for an older man to have a cocaine issue in his was he in his sixties at that point? Uh, this is this is quite a while. This is back on the blog before we started the podcast. This was, this was but, back when he was with Texas, right? Yeah, I think he was the manager yeah. of Texas and had to apologize yeah. for being caught with. Uh, either he had some cocaine on him or what, what was going on, but it's kind of strange. Um, the, Apparently, the, but he's an awesome baseball guy. Like he's had a well, job forever and he, everyone loves him. And it's just, it's interesting. It's he, I believe he's in his seventies now though. So it's kind of, it's kind of, you'd be going down the similar path yeah. with La Russa, although La Russa doesn't have a cocaine issue that we know of, but. Drinking. Maybe that's yeah. the second issue. I don't know. But, you know, the thing with Washington is he's been the fielding instructor. That's mm. his job in Atlanta. And they are tight. They yeah. feel as good as any team in baseball. So that end of it gets gets, makes sense. gets me excited. So, and who even knows, you know, maybe, maybe one of these guys they hire can lure him away to be our fielding coach. You never know how these managerial uh, and coaching 
ties. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the, how they weave their way through. A name that you will love to hate is ex-cards manager Mike Schultz. Is oh, Schultz. Li- he's, he's on the list, too. We could have but- a Schultz show. Yeah, we could have a shield show. I'm kind of indifferent about that. Uh, I, I think he's he didn't he didn't have he wasn't terrible as their manager. I don't think he was very good. I, I he was just another curmudgeon, kind of like uh, Mike Matheny, uh, just in the typical Cardinals way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that'd be that'd be. F- I think that'd be fun for us to talk about if if that happens. I think I think we'd have fun with that, but. I don't I don't know much about his resume other than he failed in his short time in in St. Louis. So Yeah. Yeah, but he's not um the three that have been interviewed for confirmed are Espada, Greffel, and Washington. Okay. The other two names that remain, which is hilarious, one is Joe Madden. <laughs> I've heard um, that. He's been on the but, radio a lot lately too, kind of campaigning. He's basically said, someone call me because all these rumors don't mean crap because no one's called me. So, right. so, and I, I don't really watch He's starting to sound more embittered every time I hear him on the radio. <laughs> no, right? He's like, he's like about the direction of baseball, how the, how the front offices just want a push button guy with no personality. And he's just, he's done with it. Yeah. So yeah. I, he also just wrote a, he also just wrote a book. So I think he's kind of got his exit strategy planned out. Already, not that he needs any more money, considering how much the Cubs have paid him for his five years. Um, yeah, that would be that'd be just hilarious if somehow he ended up on on the south side. But I don't, I don't see it. But I saved this one for last because reports are coming in. Uh, Bruce Levine broke because I don't know if he broke this, but he announced this the other day that he likes to break to his, shit. According to his sources, Ozzie Gein has not been ruled out as return to manager for the White Sox next season. Well, we'll get to Bruce here in a minute, but I think he likes to play this stuff up. That might be a, he might be, I think he might be a, like the classic reporter's way of kind of playing words against his sources or whoever said something. They didn't, they didn't rule him out, but they're certainly not considering him at the same time. It seems right. like such a long shot at this point. And it's a it's a great way for Bruce to get some clicks on whatever story he's been writing. So we'll it's see. shared it's shared out on Sox type thing. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. We'll see we'll see more of Bruce's handiwork uh, in a little bit here. But yeah, that's the, interesting. The, the story took a little bit of another turn when Willie Harris, who I believe is what the third base coach for the for the Cubs. He is. is he the Cubs? Yeah. He said, well, I certainly would love it. Third base I, coach of the Cubs. Well, Very he's demonstrative. Re- he's hilarious. He's ready to leave because he is going to come and join Ozzy as bench coach, as, as he said, ah. he would, would do if Ozzy asked him. So yeah, that's, that's a dynamic duo right there. Yeah. So that's, that, that was interesting. I, I think thus, you know, letting the story sort of gain some, probably unsubstantiated steam here in the windy city, which has been very windy lately. Mm. Um, so that's, that's that. I mean, obviously a to me is the, just the, cause the Houston the, connection. 
the Houston connection, Ben. Is... I can't fault you for that because I made the same arguments about AJ Hinch, even though he was complete, he was almost universally blamed for the cheating scandal, which I thought was rather unfair. Um, but yeah, I, I had the similar similar thoughts with a very progressive, successful organization to to poach their top talent, uh, yeah. managerial talent. That, that's it's not a bad move. I can't I can't criticize the White Sox if that's the direction they go. I don't know a ton about him specifically. We said he's been with the organization organization for four years. Yeah, four last years, four. So, yeah. Okay. So that's about all I know s- about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on to an, another interesting story, which you uh, teased out at the intro, um, you know, I have a I have a bit of a, a Bob Nightingale theory mm. that I uh, I started going back and looking at the type of like White Sox news that Bob got correct. Oh. And, uh, most of it surrounded, you know, when, when Bob really started breaking White Sox stories, it, it really centered around La Russa getting hired as manager, right? Okay. Well, and, he's had long, long time connections with Jerry specifically. So I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't have specific examples, but I feel like he's been, kind of an insider for breaking breaking Sox news nationally for quite a while just because of that connection potentially but yeah not not always accurately though. well yeah very inaccurately but but everything he talks about with La Russa is accurate and I I, mm. I started to, I started to speculate is Bob really uh and because of Jerry's connection with Tony obviously I'm sure Jerry calls Tony sometimes and says what do you think about this is Bob Nightingale really a TLR insider Mm, and his news is coming from the tlr camp in white Sox related things because one thing he's been a hundred percent right on he 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 said everything correctly about when everyone was speculating what was going on with tony he's the only one who really spelled out what was happening in that in that article he's the only one who knew that's interesting so is it is it like that connection like a one degree removed you know from the white Sox, but still connected to the white Sox. so yeah there's nothing stopping tony from being friends with nightingale and just having chit chats here and there and you can release this now and you can release this later can't talk about this now yeah and uh, they, they all live in arizona together i was wondering about that i knew tony was in arizona i was i was gonna ask you if you knew where nightingale resided He's for some reason Ari- i I had Arizona in my head for some reason. So yeah, yeah that I makes think, sense. I, I think it's because earlier in They're probably the, fucking neighbors. Earlier in the year Del Boca Sto- Vista. Earlier in the year, Stone said he had texted them because they were neighbors. We like I talked about it during Sox Time. Oh, That's probably why. Oh, interesting. Cause they hang out sometimes too. So okay. so it's a little yeah. little click over there going yeah, on in little, Arizona. A little little, little sewing circle. <laughs> a little golfy, <laughs> a little golfing circle there. Yeah. So yeah, so that that was my, you know, final thought on on the White Sox outside of you know what a, this is by far. This, this actually this is my final thought, and I said <laughs> I said it earlier, but this is the number one. I will. I, I I doubt there will be in my lifetime a more disappointing season mm. for the White Sox based on what was supposed to occur and what actually occurred. So, well, hang in there, buddy. We'll get, we'll get through this. Fortunately, we have a podcast. So hopefully it's a cathartic experience for you. 
get through these sad times for your White Sox. Uh, maybe it makes you feel better that it has been much worse for the rest of the teams that we cover on in the hole here. So I'm sure you get some some joy out of that at least. Well, but, it, there's a little joy that I'm, you know, no worse than you. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it makes me feel better. We're all equally shitty, essentially. Yeah. Different, in different ways. I mean, this is by far the shittiest year on this podcast. Yeah, it's getting hard to do podcasts, actually. It took us two weeks, <laughs> two and a half weeks to get back to this one. So I, uh, I don't know. I'm a little busy. I got to do my nails. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Well, we've been speaking of uh, journalism, baseball journalists. Uh, and again, we've talked about Bruce Levine, breaking news. Well, he he broke a doozy this past weekend. Uh, not necessarily news, but uh, speculation, I think, more than anything. When he reported that none other than Jose Abreu, apparent free agent to be, might be on the top near the top of the Cubs to-do list. Uh, the previous episode of In the Hole, we went over all the to-do lists for each of our teams. The, I put on top of my list a bunch of free agent signings, which I'll get to in a bit again. But uh, Jose Abreu is not amongst the top of my my free agent targets for the Cubs. But Bruce Bruce Levine is reporting that it is amongst or he is high on the list, I guess is, is how he put it. Um, my initial thought when I heard that, I think it was on he, either it came out on Friday or it came out Saturday morning, just before he started his weekly radio show in the clubhouse on the score Saturday mornings. One of my favorite shows actually, even though I, I get annoyed with Bruce Levine, but it's such a great base Chicago baseball show, but also a national baseball show in a lot of ways, 52 weeks of the year, even throughout the hot stove season, mm-hmm get a really good three hour ba- two or three hour baseball show every week, every Saturday morning. But my first thought when you started saying that Abreu might come to the North side is just pure clickbait. It is the perfect, it is the quintessential uh, article that Chicago baseball writers can always write talking about a player going from one side of town to the other side of town, whether it's a free agent move or a trade or whatever. It It's such an easy thing for anyone to, any Chicago baseball writer to do just to get a ton of clicks and a ton of attention from both sides of town. You involve both teams in something that would uh, interest both sides dramatically. So that was my first thought, but the more I thought about it, and he explained it quite a bit on his show, of course, uh, it, there is a grain of, of truth or a grain of uh, credulity to it, or it, it does sort of make sense. When you think about what we've heard from the Cubs and where, where we think the Cubs are and also where the Sox are. And I first want to start out with this, with maybe you and you, your perception of, of the Sox side of this, uh, you know, there's nothing that says that Abreu can't resign with the white Sox. Um, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see a whole lot out there that says he will. And in fact, I've seen, you've, you've really seen a lot of things that point that he won't be back, including, he didn't play on the the final day of the season uh, specifically because he doesn't like, he doesn't like goodbyes is I think was his quote, yeah, he, like release a quote. statement. So it's essentially saying he's, he's leaving. I mean, we could, we could talk about you know, how kind of weird that is that he didn't give the crowd their <laughs> goodbye. It's kind of selfish. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of consternation over that. doesn't show a lot of leadership necessarily of a guy who's, Fame to be such a such a leader. Um, it's just kind of an odd situation where he didn't even 
didn't even play, but I don't know it, what I, you you've you're on record that it would be insane. It, I think you, your quote was it'd be fucking stupid if the White Sox re-signed him next year just because yeah. of the log jam at first base and, and everything I, else going on. I you you have you have a the the we're crossing the streams and in in Ghostbusters in bad but is bad but here it's good for the White Sox because mm. you are going to be able to take the person who's trending up in Andrew Vaughn, who who's matched Jose Abreu's declining numbers this year, even though he still had a decent like batting average, but his power numbers were down and everything. Okay. That's Abreu. interesting because his war is actually up over last year. He was, he was three and now he's 4.2. So that's interesting that, and then I, I'm, I'm bringing up war, but that's unfair to Vaughn specifically because he was playing out of position and his war has been, dragged yeah. below zero actually because of his poor defense in right field but moving him to first base would would mitigate and if not uh completely obliterate any kind of negative war you would have right. at that point so and you take the mental and i i i, I got i gotta believe like for a lot of these guys at times it's it's mentally straining to be playing out of position and somewhat mm-hmm. worried you know but, and, and Vaughn ran out of gas in each of the last two seasons. His numbers dropped in, in both August and September. Yeah. Cause he, I, and I think that's a direct result of playing out of position, you know, the mental, yeah. the mental taxation on his, on his brain, trying to learn, learn a position. He's just never going to be good at trying to, trying to be proficient at throw him at first base. And I think it's fascinating. To, it'll be fascinating to see what he does. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I just disagree with you that, that Abreu is necessarily declining as rapidly as you, suggest well the war's up because of his batting average and the amount of singles he got this year he was second in the league in hits that's pretty good that, th- yeah that's great except if your job is to hit home runs and, and drive runners in if he's gonna be i think he drives top, in what was his rbi 70 something okay so I gotta be I, honest. I have no idea how war is calculated. So if you you might know more than me, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll believe you there. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it, it's it's basically him against the rest of the league. So is it not? Well, like, no. I it, mean, all the different statistical categories. Yeah, how how like yeah. de- how defense is interpreted. How all of that is interpreted, I, I have no idea. Yeah. So and he, you know, he, he was often often criticized uh at the beginning of his career about you know poor defense, but overall he's a pretty decent first baseman. Like he doesn't make a lot of bonehead plays. Yes, does he occasionally? Sure, but he doesn't make the spectacular play a whole lot. I wouldn't but, I, yeah, I call right. him a average to below average, maybe. And yeah. that's certainly gonna trend trend further south, but but you got the you got the DH too, you know, on, exactly. on both, both leagues. So he is on record though saying he's not interested in DHing. That, of course, that's going to change as he gets as he ages. Uh, yeah. He's thirty six at this point that we know of. I think that's his listed age. We're not we're never sure about about that. But um, I guess from from a Cubs perspective, I, I was thinking about this, and it, there is there is some sense to it, mainly that the Cubs could possibly be interested in a in a free agent first baseman. Not specifically Abreu necessarily. Uh he might fit that bill, but uh th- and this is getting into a larger conversation about about the Cubs in this offseason and what they've been doing over the last three years that have 
that has driven me crazy, uh, that has turned me against Tom Ricketts in many ways, uh, how they have chosen to rebuild uh, a team on a team that was supposed to not ever have to rebuild again, uh, a team that has started their own television network, making the people of Illinois and Chicago pay for the privilege of viewing their Cubs and lining the pockets of the of Cubs ownership while they chose not to spend on what could have been playoff contenders over these years. And we, we, we've debated the, the merits of that or lack thereof over and over again. But the, the fact is the Ricketts family has chosen not to spend money over the last couple of years being in the third largest market, a uh, team that just ro- rolls in revenue constantly. But we have heard plenty of propaganda, however, over the last couple of weeks from both the president of the Cubs, Jed Hoyer, as well as directly from Tom Ricketts in a direct letter to Cubs fans that I received as I'm on their mailing list uh, that says they are in now in a position to spend money They and they will be aggressive in the free agent market. And it's like, no shit, you could have been doing this for for the last three years, but you chose not to. So it's about fucking time, I guess is my, is my main point. So I'm not surprised by this. This is also well-timed as season ticket sales for 2023 have begun, uh, trying to, uh, generate interest in uh, selling those tickets as, uh, clearly attendance is, is down. It's not, it's not in in terrible shape as a lot, uh, as we've saw in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s with the Cubs. They'll never be what, what that was. But attendance has been down, and I think the Cubs are now in a PR-slash-propaganda move to get people to go to games, to subscribe to the Marquee Network, uh, all uh, to get those revenue, revenue streams going once again at full tilt. Best way to do that is to put a fucking contender on the field. The fastest, way to, <laughs> the fastest way to do that is, I will give them credit, Spend building a money. building the farm system to the point where you can supplement that now, that young talent that we're starting to see develop with top name free agents. And that, that is the ultimate goal, to have a team that has the strongest farm system and has more money than anybody and can buy anybody they need to supplement their their few weaknesses. And that is that's the goal. That's always been the goal. Uh, the farm system suffered dramatically near the end of the Theo regime. Uh, thus, if you buy everything that Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts have told you over the last three years, that necessitated the sell-off of all their golden era talent. Uh, and it, it has had some returns. The, the Cubs have had one of the best rotations in baseball over the second half of this past season, which is kind of unbelievable to think of. Uh, they had the best record in the major leagues from September 12th on. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like you talking about the Tigers last year. Yeah, I know that's that's a small sample size. It's it's selling hope. Um, I'm just putting facts out there for now, but uh, I, I guess it does make sense since a major hole in what the what one of the major holes the Cubs still have all over the place includes first base as. We saw the sad ending of Frank Schwindel and the Chicago Cubs. It is no longer the Schwindy City, uh, as he flamed out last year. Uh, there is no uh, immediate fill-in at first base, although some will point to 
Matt Mervis, which I'm not sure you've ever heard of him. Not many nope. have, other than those who have been scouring the Cubs farm system, and especially this year as he led the minor leagues in RBI and I think it was third in home runs. A uh, thousand OPS over his time between uh, high A, double A, and all the way up to triple A Iowa. Uh, pretty much the best hitter in minor league baseball this year, but he's done it that's, for one year. Yeah. 24-year-old, uh, some will say, oh, yeah, just put him at first base. Well, he's never played in the major leagues. Uh, yeah. that, that, that's, a, that's a great thing to have in your system. That That is not something you can rely on if, indeed, the Cubs are – yeah, you know, I'm kind of putting words in their mouth, but if they're all in on spending and supplementing their roster with free agents, I don't think you think you're building a contending club with a unproven rookie, even as great as his his numbers were in the minors this past year. So that's a, that's another reason why a first base free agent might make a lot of sense. And in in this particular case, Abreu could make some sense if you if you could sign him to a short term deal. Uh, I don't see how he couldn't help. Part of part of Abreu's value is that he's always there. He always plays. He he is never hurt. Essentially, he's I think he's average. The stat I heard today, I was listening to the White Sox Talk podcast, NBC Sports Chicago. I got to remember this right. He's averaged 141 games a year over the last seven years, I think it was. That includes the 60-game shortened season. So that's that's artificially dropping that average. So he'd be in like around 150, you know, 155 games average every year. So he's always there. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's really his average because he played 157 this year. Yeah, so th- he's just always there. He, you know, again, I mentioned his war was three last year. It's 4.2 this year. He he's not he's not in decline. That could happen at any moment, of course. But even if it was, I think the Cubs would be would be in a good position to at least utilize the what what production he has left. Um, again, you said that the DH could be a possibility, even though Abreu has said that he's not really interested in that. But his attitude is going to have to change about that if he wants to remain a a major leaguer. And he did say that he had part of his statement at the end of this year is he's he's still interested in, in playing baseball. There was some speculation before the year that, you know, he kind of made it sound like this was his last year in baseball, but he kind of made it sound like it may have been his last year with the White Sox. So it was just kind of nebulous. That seems to be kind of solidifying in that he's not retiring. He's just either doesn't want to, or can't, you know, has is not going to have a place with the White Sox. So, so I, I've initially thought Bruce was just looking for some clickbait. The more uh, you, the more you really look at it, there is some plausibility. I think I think Bruce's case is better better served if he just said the Cubs are looking at a first base free agent. It doesn't necessarily have to be Abreu. There are others out there. I think I think that part makes sense. Abreu makes some sense on a few levels, but more than anything, I think it's just a fantastic headline. So much fun for Chicago. Uh, baseball fans on both sides to talk about whether they're they're excited or be really annoyed considering i mean the the legacy of jose abreu is going to be he's he's literally one of the greatest white Sox of all time when it when it comes down to it he doesn't have a championship under his belt but few do but you know he he is in the pantheon of 
certainly amongst your best first baseman ever. It, it, and it's kind of amazing what you've had at first base over these years. You know, it literally went from Frank Thomas for all those years to Paul Conurco for those years, and now to to Jose Abreu. So it's it's going to be interesting to to see how how his legacy is viewed. If 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 his um if he did somehow make it to the Cubs, would that be tarnished? Would would White Sox oh, fans hold that God. against him? Fuck White Sox fans! I mean, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, like, I've heard like, a lot I, of people I, say he's one of their favorite players of all time. Yeah, so I can't, yeah, I, mean, I hope that's not the case. I replied to you joking around that it'd be a dick move by the Cubs to sign him, but like, good for him. Go to the all's, Cubs. I'd, all's fair I'd in actually, love and baseball. But. I, I'd actually love him to stay in Chicago so I could see that, him play more on a consistent basis. And that's another like interesting the, point. Get, like, get him out of the AL. Would get he be the, the most, if he had a successful time, even if it's a short time with the Cubs, would he be the most beloved baseball player in Chicago history because he had positive things on both sides of town. I mean, that, that's yeah, a legacy. That's a he rare could. legacy. I mean, that, yeah, that's- it would be a rare, you're right. It'd be a rare legacy. Cause normally what happened is you had it, it when there have been those trades, it's been good one way and bad the other way. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the other thing. This, this wouldn't be a trade. This would be a choice by, yeah. by the player. You know, you talked about Sammy Sosa, of course, and you know Ron Santo, and you know those, those were all trades. You know, any of the, of course, the <laughs> the trade that shall never be named, the Jose Quintana and Eloy Jimenez, and you know Dylan Cease, and all that. Those those were not those players' choices. This would be a choice by a player, but I think I think you know, like you said, it'd be I think it'd be really sour grapes and a, and a really unfortunate if if White Sox fans turned against him in his viewing his legacy but i I mean they are in a way because i mean look at i know he didn't have the legacy but everyone loved nikki two strikes and the minute he he got traded magical traded yeah that they turned on him they turned on him and i would i would always remember getting into (laughs) it i'd be like what is wrong with you like you didn't do anything wrong what do you hate nick madrigal and he's he's Oh, blah, blah. He's look, Nick's at it again. Another error. I'm like, well, he's probably still dusting off the bad fielding coaching he got from the South side, you know? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And he's a young player. That's the other thing. That's the thing about, you know, and I've just said it over and over again this year. The, the frustrating thing about looking at fans comments is, you know, get rid of Gavin sheets and do this and do that. It's mm. like the dudes barely played baseball on a professional and in the majors and like, you know, putting numbers in perspective of where Jose Abreu was that, you know, he's consistently for the white Sox been a 30 home run, hundred RBI guy this year, this year he was 15 and 75, Mm. but with 183 hits. Yeah. And the most walks in his career at 62. Now, now putting that in perspective, that was on over 157 games. In 84 games, Eloy Jimenez had one more home run at 16 well, and 54 RBIs. So, yeah. Um, Andrew Vaughn, who will get more playing time without Jose Abreu there, had 17 in 134 games, had 17 home runs and 17, 76 RBIs. So, the case for the White Sox is there really isn't room for Jose Abreu. On yeah, the team I agree. Anymore. I agree. So it's, it's crazy to say on the surface, but it's obvious if you dig deeper and look at what's really happening with that, with that roster construction, it doesn't make sense anymore. 
So but, anyway, so it could, could be uh, the good, end good. of an era. Could be the beginning of a new era. The the only thing I would say to that is, according to Bruce Levine's reporting, is that he's high on the list of Cubs free agent targets. He better be behind uh, Trey Turner and Jacob Degrom or one of those <laughs> guys. Uh, I mean, I'll no, be fine no with that. To Jose, but yeah. I agree. Yes. I'll be fine if Jose is third, fourth, fifth on that list uh, somewhere in there. If they're really going for it and going to use their their uh, financial might to actually uh, try to compete finally yeah. since 2020. Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be against Jose Abreu by any means. I just wouldn't want him to be their top target if they think they're they're building around him. He can supplement what what they what a larger plan might be, but he can't be the center of that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a nice. For the addition. same reason he can't be the center of what's going forward with the White Sox. Yeah, same idea. So yeah, he's a nice addition for the you know for the Cubs with a young team. You know, he brings a veteran presence there and and a hell of a work ethic. You know for the those yeah. younger players to to look at so so good luck to him I, I i hope he hope he ends up in town still well that's all i've got on our, your white socks basically a little bit of my cubs there but uh we've got we're at the hour yeah we're past the hour mark on this uh i, I need to take a break how about, do you need a break over there I don't, but why don't we take one? <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll go back. We'll get back and talk about the playoffs that are going on right now. I need to get an update, actually. What's what's happening with this? You, uh, it's eight to five, San Diego. Oh wow! Back and forth, crazy game. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll come back, talk, break down the playoffs so far. Let's look at our, let's look at some of our ridiculous predictions, preseason predictions that were way off or spot on. Uh, we had a couple that were all right, but we'll get to that and. Come back to you shortly. So we'll be right back here on the Wordhole Media Network. Wordhole Media. If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Well, he has trouble with the snap. We are back. I just took a break here. Got a chance to look and see that Josh Hader's about to close this out for the San Diego Padres. Game two, the NLCS, eight to five right now, two outs in the ninth. I should not have the TV on while we're recording these, but I keep looking over. But <laughs> I think, uh, do you have the Yankees Astros score? I think it was one to one when I peeked over there, but uh, well, we'll keep it. Yeah. It is one to one, one to one, bottom of the second, runner on second base for the Astros, two outs. It's it's a tough thing having recording a baseball podcast in the height of the best part of the baseball season in many ways during the playoffs. There's so much shit happening. It's hard to hard to keep our attention, but uh, we've had a fantastic playoff so far. I think I think most would agree. First year with the expanded wild card with uh, three game series, all three games at home. 
So that's been interesting to see how that's played out. The uh, maybe potentially unintended consequences of that. Uh, but I don't know what I I'm assuming you've had fun watching these playoffs as much as you've been able to watch them. Uh, most, <laughs> most, I, I would say I, I'm a little, I want to see how the, how the extra wild card round plays out next year too, because mm-hmm. we need a larger sample size. Well, yeah, to be honest, like I, I think there was a, a lot of, uh, that like the Cleveland Tampa Bay series, uh, I don't know that we even needed for those teams in the playoffs. It was a terrible series. The second tight, game, it was a tight series, but that's just because nobody second, could score. Yeah, exactly. You don't need them in the playoffs. You had the second game went 15 fucking innings with no runs. Mm. Like we've seen a lot of just, that. It's bad baseball. Uh, so yeah, let, let's go through each series, I guess. Uh, cause I can't remember every series. If you've got, you've got the whole bracket up there, I think. Yeah. So starting off, Cleveland won that series, two games yeah, to nothing, two day, two games to nothing with four runs, I believe. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Seattle, Tampa Bay was a lot more fun. There was now I had definitely... Seattle in the playoffs. You mean Seattle they didn't play Tampa. I mean, Toronto, uh, Toronto, you give me a T I just run with it. I had Seattle in the playoffs. This is where we can kind of uh, intertwine our ridiculous nuts or dumbass predictions that we made before the season that turned out to be more dumbass than we realized. But uh, I had Seattle making the playoffs at least, and, but I had Toronto winning the whole goddamn thing. They were my World Series winner. They go hilarious. They didn't even make it out of the first round. They and they had all all games at home, and Seattle took care of them. Which yeah, is let's let, let's remarkable. Let's, let's take a quick look. Uh, we here's our division winners. Okay, we agreed that Toronto would win the East. We agreed Atlanta would win the East, which they did. Ding ding the, ding ding ding. The White Sox would win. <clears throat> we thought Milwaukee would win. <clears throat> you pick Seattle. I pick Houston to win the West. Ding for me. Yeah, nice work. And we both picked the Dodgers. Boy, that was that, that was a reach pick. Ding, ding, so, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, can we give ourselves a ding for that? <laughs> Whoa. 111 wins. We'll get to that yeah. in a minute. Okay. Now, here's where it really starts to fall apart. Uh, your wild card, you got you got a wild card. You get one right with Tampa Bay. You had ding, you, ding, Houston, ding, ding, ding. Houston made it, but right. not as the wild card. And then and then Boston. So you were right with who made it mm. out of the West, just not in the right order. Yeah. So Boston was my big, big real big yeah. fuck up. I was also big on Boston, but I was fuck even yeah. bigger. I had a bigger Woodrow for the Los Angeles <laughs> Angels. Oh, Anaheim. oh, you fool. <laughs> who <laughs> looked, I looked so smart in the first month and a half mm. of the season. I look like and I they like, fired I, Joe Madden and it all went to shit. I mean, what like what well, are they doing? They had that 10 well, game losing streak and they couldn't recover within Joe Madden's reign, right? Wasn't that, that why he got fired? That's yeah, why but it's kind fired. of an overreaction, wouldn't you say? And it really didn't work out well for them. No, 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 no. I mean, they're they're a mess. So, yeah, I, then I, I can't had, stand, I'm so angry at that franchise that it takes away like some of the best players we could see at a real franchise, like across. You'd get so much more exposure, hopefully in the playoffs, even with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, but they're mired, mired in the LA Angels of Anaheim. It's just, it's such, I call it a baseball tragedy that those guys are there. And I think 
or seeing signs that Otani is trying to extricate himself from the, from the situation as as we speak, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, that should be that's going to add to great off season speculation for mm. this podcast and who's in on the Otani. Um, I think I, I derailed you from recapping our our preseason yeah. picks, I, and then we were smarter. If we if we combine forces, we're we, fucking smart we, over here. We get the we get the NL right, okay? Did so, we? If we combine forces, so you <laughs> you picked Miami. You combine these brains, and we get one <laughs> fairly intelligent person. Yes, we get one thing right. Uh, Miami, <laughs> San Diego, Philly was you. Oh my god, I picked Miami. Whew. I went Yikes. Philly. I went Philly Mets nice. Giants. Mm. So. We throw, we throw, we, we throw the bone of San Diego on one on that one. Yeah. And together we, we both had Philly. So not so bad on the NL side. of things. Okay. So, so Miami, what the so fuck let, was I doing with Miami? So let's, let's stay within, let's not go any further yet since we haven't okay. finished talking about the wild yeah, let's, card. Now. Let's talk about what actually happened in the wild card. So we covered, uh, we already covered uh, Cleveland and or Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. I was shocked about Seattle and Toronto. That was a fun I, series, but I yeah. I thought Toronto, oh, obviously I picked them to win the goddamn World Series. I thought they had the pitching and certainly the offense to get it done, and it, it did not happen for whatever reason. That's a really disappointing year for... Admittedly, that is a very young team in, in a lot of ways, so that, that they're not going anywhere, but that was a <laughs> shocker, obviously, to me. Yeah, um... Well, see the was it the so game one, Seattle won four nothing, and it was um, who I can't remember who started that game for. This the is Mariners. the problem with doing a podcast two weeks after games have happened, but but the game right. the game to really talk about is that second game mm. where it looks like Toronto's going to even the series at one and was up by like five yeah. runs, I believe it was, and Seattle just like. Freaking kind of like what was going on in the Philly open game. Open up tonight. a can. Yeah, open up a can of whoop ass and, and storms back and wins 10 to 9. And that was that was really amazing. probably of the wild card round, probably the most exciting game of the wild card round from a um yeah, easily from from, from that standpoint. So um, Remind me what the fuck happened in the NL wildcard round. We had the Phillies and St. Louis, I believe. Yeah, Philly just, you know, pretty much manhandled them uh, 6-3 in game one. Mm-hmm. I think Schwarbeast opened up with a homer in that game. Schwarbeast is having himself a, a postseason. Yeah, <laughs> good for good for Schwarbeast. We'll talk about that. He's he's already having a massive NLCS, but yeah. Um, and then he, they won the second game 2-0. I think Nola did Nola pitch that game. I don't know. What whatever they see St. Louis exit quickly, uh, so they can shut the fuck up. We can be done with Yadi Merlina and Albert Pujols. Those careers are now over. We don't have to talk about them ever again. Hopefully, right. I think the I think the the most interesting. I'm not bitter at all, am I? I know. All right. Well, I mean, Albert Pujols. I can't wait for the the drug test to come back finally mm. from this season. Wonder how many years down the road that's going to get released. But <laughs> yeah. um, I think the most interesting series um, from uh, just 
pure shock for me. Not so much that San Diego beat the Mets in two games, but how they did it. I thought it was two games to one eventually. So it was a full three game series, but maybe. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two games to one, but the it was two all in. It was in all three games were in New York, of course. So, yeah. And the games that San Diego won were seven one. That was a Scherzer game. And the other one oh. was a six nothing game. Um, I can't remember who pitched that one for the Mets, but I'm guessing it was not DeGrom. No, DeGrom won game two, seven to three, but the, it was just like the, the, the Mets had such like a great offense all season. And then they just completely, except for the one game, like the game, they didn't need all the offense. You know, they could have they could have mustered four runs and you know if you could if you could carry runs over to another game, but well, you know yeah. I like to call them the New York mess and they found yeah. a way to mess that that series up. You know, Which with, really you've makes got Scherzer, sense. DeGrom, and whoever probably was Taiwan Walker. I don't remember now. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was Taiwan Walker. Three games at home. Uh they have no excuses. They won 101 games, didn't win their division. Cause they shit the bed in the last week of the last weekend of the season against, uh, against Atlanta. Yeah. Found themselves in the wild card round and fucked it up. And I actually saw some ridiculousness on Twitter that I had to respond to. Fans were blaming the excessive number of teams now in the wild card round. And oh, at the same yeah. time, this one person at the same time in the same sentence, blamed the randomness of this expanded wild card. Like and my response is you had three games at home. Like who are you're blaming the system on this? Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, that was just, just a classic classic. I mean, spoiled fan, not, not looking at reality, trying to blame anything besides their team for what happened. Uh, this is a common, this is a common theme that's occurring, but I'm going to save my, I did a similar thing on Twitter because I nice. couldn't take I couldn't take it, but I have to take it. <laughs> I had I have to save it for the next round. If okay, you, if you get what I'm getting at here, perfect, perfect. All right, well, so I just had so to get the, my Mets jab in there because they they finished even though they're a, a plus 100 win team, they still found a way to shit the bed as the Mets always do. I'm shocked that Scherzer had such a terrible outing. It was kind of that's pretty much what set them up to fail. Uh, obviously, with Degrom winning Game Two, they they would have won the series if if Scherzer had won that. So I don't know if there was an injury or what what was going on with that, or if it's finally age catching up to him. But he it was his worst playoff outing ever. I'm I'm almost positive. So I don't know. That was that was bizarre. But fucking a, if anybody can fuck things up, the Mets will do it. All right, now I'm going to read off our LCS. <laughs> predictions or our uh whoops division series we're gonna move into the division series now yeah division series predictions you know what we didn't we didn't do those because it was too complicated because with the wild card round so let's go ahead and just talk about the division matchups and we because that's uh, that's the real shockers of this entire postseason so far who made it yeah who who did not what do you got on your list there well so a series that I thought was going to be 3-0. The the Guardians were able to push the Yankees um, to 3-2. Um, that included, that kind of put the Yankees in an interesting position 
or whichever team was going to advance because they got there's a couple of postponements in yeah, there. So instead of having that two day different rain off, delay games, yeah, instead of having a day or two off in between the end of the series, the Yankees won last night and are playing Houston right now. Yeah, they they couldn't even celebrate the typical champagne Budweiser celebration after the game had to be very muted and subdued in New York because they had to get right on a plane, get their asses to Houston because of those those postponements. It was it was fucked up. I mean, it, there have been two NLCS games played now before the first game is played in the ALCS. So yeah, well, that that's not that big a deal. But it's boy, if they got rained out yesterday somehow, I don't know what Major League Baseball was going to do. That was going to be a fucking disaster. So I'm sure. I'm sure there were some butt cheeks clenched in the in the major league offices there and figuring out how what the fuck they were going to do if if weather created another situation yesterday. But yeah, this is this is gonna like this this is the this is the craziest I can remember it. But I'm sure it's probably happened before. But with the expansion, it makes it it makes it such 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 a bigger deal. That there's two would. there's two mitigating factors in that the expansion spending you know the extra two games in the wild card round but also this this postseason is a little bit compressed because of the lockout and we started a week late and they're still trying to get the games the world series to finish as early as possible it's still going to be into early november but uh they've actually cut out some actual uh travel days in the seven game series i believe there's only one travel day in the championship series and in the world series where you typically have two travel days. Uh, so that's what, that's another thing that's kind of compressing things where they've just run out of dates. I mean, they're, they're literally, there's literally no time. So that, you know, that that's not, well, it is, it is major league baseball's fault since the owners locked out the players and didn't figure this out until finally we had to start a week later than, than usual. So you can blame them, but it's there's other circumstances. I don't think next year is going to play out quite as frantic as this. They should, they'll have the the normal schedule uh, where they can, they can get all these games in with reasonable uh, amount of time to, to plan for potential postponements due to, due to weather. But so, yeah, I mean, that, that, that certainly made, it's going to make for, interesting conversation going forward with uh with the astros and yankees but we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that in a minute yeah so uh you know the yankees end up winning 5-1 cleveland took um one of the they took one game at yankee stadium one game at home Mm. and then the yankees won the last two so maybe it's because i I thought that was a really boring series, even though it went five games. I, maybe it's just because I can't stand either of those teams, but I just didn't think. You no, know, there's only one. The only game that was semi-exciting was the 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 second game Cleveland won because they won six five. Mm, yeah. The other games were Yankees four one four two four two five one. I yeah, mean, just there was like nothing a, was nothing was yeah, in the, doubt in any of those games, and it was just like oh, we're just playing this out. I mean, it was what we thought was going to happen from an AL Central team, except the fact that they yeah. did make it out of the first round. I mean, yeah, um, that that's that's like the well, at like, least a a navy blue and red AL Central team. That t- that's typically what the the now Guardians, <laughs> and especially the Twins, will do. Well, the, yeah, Twins have not won a single playoff game. In 19 tries, I think it is now. I yeah, gotta look that up again. It's pretty great. They take the win out of twins. 
Um, in that's a graphic design joke, typography. I yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah. Um, I was just trying to continue on with this. Um, oh, so uh, the other ALDS series was uh, Houston against Seattle. And even though Houston mm. won, won it in three, it wasn't terribly easy for them. No. Um, eight, seven in game one, a kind of exciting game down to the finish. Uh, they took the next one for two. And then in uh, a real, in a, a pitching duo, uh, in game three, it was one nothing Houston. They just held on. And, the you know, the thing about Houston, I've said it throughout the year, they are by far, to me, the most balanced team yeah. in the playoffs, which is what makes them the most dangerous. Yeah, they, lo- they look legit. I do have to say it was fun finally seeing a, a playoff game in Seattle for the first time in 20 years, I think it is. Uh, that was not guaranteed since they had to play the the opening round of the playoffs all in Toronto. So I was wondering if that, if Seattle fans would even get a chance, but they did. It was cool to see, but alas, uh, they could not get past the Astros. I certainly am, don't root for the Astros. I think it would have been kind of cool to see Seattle, you know, come out, finally make the playoffs, and then then make some noise. But like you said, Houston Houston looks like a juggernaut. They've been in six straight. NLCS or ALCS is now, which is yeah. a record. Uh, that that's incredible. Uh, you have to give them credit. You know, some of that credit goes to AJ Hinch as he was at, at the at the helm, but I got to give some credit to Dusty Baker. He's continued that on. Uh, or maybe it's just the immense amount of talent that that franchise has built up and has spent their money wisely and draft capital wisely. So. Whatever they're doing, it's working over there. So hence why I was excited to get AJ Hinch's my ma- the manager for my Detroit uh, Tigers. And yeah, we heard now why, it. Over now why you are that. doing the same annoying diatribes for whatever Joe Espina <laughs> or whoever it is from from the the Houston organization to be your new manager for your White Sox. So as Espada, and it's going to be fo- folks. We Clyde just Espina. You know, we're going to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> that if Espada is hired instead of La Russa Palusa, it would be Espada's Epanadas. So mm. will be our segment. <laughs> Yikes. I, I got to work on that. <laughs> Hopefully that does not come to fruition because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on ideas already. So <laughs> it's instead of a delightful pastry full of meat, it's full of baseball. Why, anyway. don't, you let me, why don't you let me come up with the ideas over here? <laughs> All right, moving on before we go down some rabbit hole, we both <laughs> yeah. want to escape. Good and call. I jump, I jump out of the, I jump off the, 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 the nook here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't do Philly, that. Philly, Atlanta, which you know, wow, looked like this is going to be an exciting series. And game one, second looked- most shocking series, maybe. Result at least. Uh, I don't know. How do, how do you place this? I did not. A lot. You did, did you have Philly in the playoffs or did I or did we both? I forget. We how both we had did Philly it. in the playoffs. Okay. Because I, I was skeptical. We I remember talking preseason. Like I think we were watching a Phillies game at your place when I came came to Chicago for the draft in April. For we were watching spring training and Philly just was launching balls over the fence. Just five hundred. hit runs. one like on the highway. No, he he'll keep, he's continued that through this season, which we'll yes. get to shortly. But I just thought they're going to mash, of course. But I didn't see it from their pitching staff, or their, especially their relief staff. 
Um, I, I'm just shocked at, w- at what they're doing. So I, I had, I think we both had Atlanta winning the series or at least getting to the, do we have them both going to the NLCS at least? I'm sure I did. I think we both had Dodgers, Dodgers Braves in the NLCS. So well, here's a, here's, here's our, our, Oh no, you had them going. I think you picked this. No, I have. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I had the Dodgers over the Phillies. So you had this somewhere. That that's amazing. I, I will give you props. That that might be the best pick of the Nuster dumbass picks we made to have we, Philly actually making it all the way to the NLCS where they currently reside. Uh by the way, we just won't even bring up the ALCS because <laughs> it's just bad. I mean, there's White Sox in there. There's Blue Jays in there. What else did yeah. we have? That's it. That's Sox, Sox, Sox and Blue Jays. That's it. for the Oh, L- we had it for both of yeah, us? Yeah, you, you had Toronto over the White Sox, <laughs> and I had the White Sox over Toronto. Jesus Christ. Not so, so good. So continuing on. We spend most, this- the irony is we spend most of our time watching American League games, so it, it, it's funny that we get it that, that wrong and get the NL a little bit better. But Yeah, I know. I know. It's weird. It's weird. It's like it's like because we're we're further removed from it or something. We yeah, can maybe, maybe look at it with with less objectivity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, That's a lesson to you kids out there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw the curveball too early. Um, so in game one, in a in a in a uh, back and forth battle, Philly squeaked out a seven uh, six victory. Um. Game two, I did not see game two, but Atlanta won three nothing. And then <laughs> it's like, uh, what's the stir the echoes, awaken, awaken the oh, Kraken. God. The Philly wins nine one and eight to three, and just two bloodbaths, yeah, offensive explosions that you couldn't but sit back and just laugh. Like, that, just that's precisely what blew my theory out of the water it's like well they'll they'll hit but they can't that, that that'll only last you know part of the season or whatever but their pitching is what shows up in the postseason but it doesn't matter if you bludgeon teams by eight nine runs in the postseason you you will win series and i did not anticipate it it's it's fucking amazing what the phillies are doing i'm i'm a little bit interested in the Phillies. I'm not a Phillies fan. I can't stand almost any team on the East Coast. Phillies among the worst of those. But, you know, of course, Kyle Schwarber's there, who I'm always rooting for. I've never had bared any ill will towards him. I don't think anyone does. Any former Cubs or any Cubs fan would. Nick Castellanos is on their roster, former Tiger, who has never shown any love towards the Tigers. He got drafted by them and had some productive years as the Tigers were absolutely awful and continue to be awful but he was never a fan of comerica park which i can i don't blame him for that but he never had that many nice things to say about detroit not that he needed to but i'm still a fan so i guess i'm i'm now jumping on the the philly bandwagon just because i have those two connections um but other than that i would never i would never consider myself a Phillies fan bryce harper uh is a polarizing figure I've never been that big a fan of his. I wouldn't have minded to see him with uh, the Chicago Cubs at one point, reuniting with his best buddy from Las Vegas and Chris Bryant back in the day. But I don't know. It's, I just have mixed feelings. I guess is is my point with the with the Phillies. I, I I don't can't really root for them, but I'm not really rooting against them. But it just feels odd. 
if this were the if we were talking football, and this is the Philadelphia Eagles, I would have zero Ooh. love. Yeah, but I a, do it's like a whole different story. I, I do like a good cheesesteak. Mm, and good call. um Philly's and I, best. I, I will say I like the the makeup of Philly's ball club, like from a personality standpoint. And they are interesting. They, they look they look like they have a lot of fun together, and I think that's part of it. I like the fact that Philly that Dombrowski had a, a a pair of balls on him and got rid of the manager and turned the season around. Dombrowski is not afraid to make bold, bold moves. moves. That, that and, has been his his career. That's another reason why I should probably have an affinity for the Phillies is him, him moving there. I never I never had a problem with him as general manager of my Detroit Tigers because he made plenty of bold moves and is not scared to essentially strip the entire farm system, but that was right. in service of winning world series. And that's the whole point. And I mean, the, he, he yeah. got us to world series on multiple occasions. So I, I can't fault him for that. The, the Phillies are the classic example of the team that catches fire at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This and, is it. and, and they, they get, they get Bryce Harper back. Yeah. In like September, I think it was right. And, and now a thumb injury is that what that yeah, was? That could yeah. be, and I'm surprised that that could be. Even if he comes back, it could still be debilitating for a, for a power hitter. But he's he's coming back strong for sure. So yeah, so I mean, they are that classic the wild card team story in in baseball. And mm. I mean, I know they they did end up losing tonight, eight to five, but. Now, I'm not, I'm next, not too worried next, about them. They already got the, the win on next, the road. So yeah, next three are at Philly, and they, we'll get they, into the they just, CS. They destroyed them, but there's there's something we need to talk about before we get there. I'm jumping ahead. You're right. Um, the NLDS, and it was a classic NL West matchup. The 117 win Dodgers. Is it 17 or 111? Oh, was it 111? Yeah, it's a lot. Whatever it was, um, the the Dodgers against the wild card San Diego Padres, a team San that Diego. I would say over the last three years has has gone all in at the trade deadline and it has very little to show for yeah, it. Yeah, they're not they're not fucking around, but they, yeah, they have not done a whole lot with that. But I kept picking them. It's funny. I picked them last year to win the World Series over your White Sox. They didn't even make the playoffs. They didn't even make the playoffs. I didn't pick them. I think I picked them to make the playoffs this year, did I? I keep forgetting. You did, you, you, yes, you did. You did. But I certainly did not have them beating the Dodgers. I know that in, in the in the division no. series or where, we, wherever it would have been. But we were not smart enough to do that. This is this is my favorite result of the entire playoffs that the Dodgers would shit the bed somehow. The juggernaut that they were. Uh now there's questions about Dave Roberts being their manager, they have now won how many divisions in a row? Nine, eight, nine, yeah, ten? nine, nine, they have nine, nine, I think for sure. Yeah, one World Series championship, asterisk championship, yep. a sixty, their sixty game World Series championship to show for it. It's it couldn't be more hilarious to me. Uh, the 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 franchise lauded. For their system, apparently they have the best farm system in baseball. They have more money than anyone else in baseball. They apparently, you know, seemingly spend their money better than anyone else in baseball, building regular season teams. And the nature, the the cruel, brutal, unbelievably entertaining nature of baseball always comes home to roost, especially for 
the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they've felt the wrath of baseball once again, losing to division rival San Diego Padres. I, I couldn't I couldn't get any more joy out of these playoffs. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of joy to be had, but that was about the best result I could ask for. I, too, sharing your joy over this result. <laughs> Thank you. Um, not that I have a lot of love for the Padres, but I have no love at all for the Dodgers. And this is where uh, Twitter, uh, the Dodgers fans came out, and one, one oh, particularly boy. showed up in my feed that said, "Yeah, it is 117. He's like, okay. the playoff system is so unfair that a 117-win <laughs> team is out of the playoffs already, blah, 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 Unfair. blah, blah, blah. So I, I said, you got a first I, round bye. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So thank you. So I said, <laughs> I said, I said, I, interesting take. Oh, they said you get no rewards for winning 117 games, which I said, interesting take. They You're had an idiot. a, they had a, they had a first round bye and home field advantage. <laughs> what else? I, they didn't I have said, to play an entire series. I mean, yeah, I said, I said, perhaps your take should be they're not mentally tough enough to win yeah, in the playoffs. That is a perfect response. Bravo. Bravo. Thank you. That thank is you. the way to respond to our irrational idiot Dodgers fan right there. Uh, to anyone who is who is complaining that the playoff <laughs> the system. system is unfair. It doesn't the, favor the good teams the, enough. The teams with the best records have the most advantage done. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess, no, no, no times. There's a caveat to that. You could like win 101 games and still be a wildcard team and have won more than a division. Well, division so. Winning the division has, has never had more advantages given to them than, than this year. Having, having the first round by, you don't even have to win a series. You don't have to win a game. You don't have to do anything. You've already made it to the second round. I mean, that, it's similar to what it was with the, even with the one game playoff, but it is it is more taxing, obviously, on the wild card team having to play at least two games to face than you in the first round or in the second round. There's never been more of an advantage essentially than than there is right now for yeah. division winning teams and for spoiled fans to complain about it. There to to not bl- place blame in the right place is hilarious to me. It's just, you're, you're, you're acting like children. That's all, that's all it is. I mean, that's, that's typical sports fandom, but place blame where it needs to go. It's not the fucking system. You guys fucked up and you only have yourselves to blame. You can act like a man. (laughs) Uh, Too, too perfect. Too great. uh, See, especially their division rivals, the, the, the Padres, for some reason I have an affinity for them now. I think this is sad, but this is this comes back to my graphic design roots. But oh my I just God. love their uniforms. I think my whole attitude towards the towards the Padres changed when they went back to those retro neo retro uniforms. I think they're so damn cool. Yeah. I also like that they they've gone with blind abandon at free agents and trades and everything. They are they are they had built up quite a farm system. They're not afraid to trade from that. Similar to Diamond Dave Dombrowski as he did with the tigers they it's a very similar strategy where they are there's going they're trading whatever they need to trade out of their system to get the pieces they need such as juan soto who's finally producing a little bit here but um they they're they're triumphing over 
over adversity with the ridiculousness of Fernando Tatis Jr. that we chronicled extensively as our multiple time asshole of the week this year. Uh, they didn't even need him to to get past the Dodgers in that series. So I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I love maybe, it. Maybe they'll trade him back to the White Sox. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm not sure you want that circus anymore. Or you need uh, that. You need that we, drama. We always we need a circus. We got a whole I'll podcast dedicated to. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll I'll, I'll create some imaging for that. I'll, we'll we'll create a um, title for the Tatis Larusa Palooza or whatever it ends up being. But well, one thing I do want to bring up about the LA uh, Padres series before we m- yeah. move on and, and 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 bring this bring bring this to an end soon. Um, Maybe it, it was interesting that. Three out of the four games ended with the score five three. Mm. Kind of like it just to me was was it like really stuck out. LA wins five three, San Diego wins five three, San Diego wins two one, and then San Diego wins five three to to win it. Like it, it was like they were pretty tight games. Like they you know, which is which is also interesting because during the season the Dodgers were blowing them out at times. Yeah, yeah, well, they, they were blew really, a lot of blew a lot of teams out. So. They just don't have the, I, I think they, you know, if you want to talk about a team that feels pressure and how pressure might affect you, it's definitely the Dodgers because it's world series or bust for sure. You know what I mean? So they can't handle it. Clearly they can't handle it. Yeah. You can't handle it. So, well, now we have Houston and the New York Yankees battling out. Last I saw was one to one. I don't know if you have still an update one there. to one in the top of the fourth. Justin Verlander is still on the mound dealing six Ks over three and two thirds. He's always... looking to strike out the side for his seventh K. Two one a one two count on okay. Trevino. Okay. <laughs> And the pitch. Always have a soft spot in my heart for <laughs> Justin Verlander as he's the best Tigers pitcher of my life. He did it. He struck out the side. All right. Right on cue. Uh, I, it's hard for me to root for the Astros for obvious reasons. I have no love for the Yankees. So I think I think my rooting interest will be, I guess, towards the, the Astros. Um, in the National League... I mean, again, I don't have rooting interests necessarily for either team. I can find reasons, including uniforms or former players for my for my favorite teams to root for either side. We're now uh, tied a game apiece. Is it 1-1 in the NLCS? Is that, that is official? correct. Two, game one was 2-0. And uh, game two, uh, Padres came back with a five-run seventh or something? Yeah, or, it was crazy. I, I watched, or fifth I watched part or of that. something? Part of that, I got to mention... Uh, not only was Aaron Nola pitching, he was pitching against his brother at one point, at several points, Austin Nola, which I missed the stat. It's either the first time in playoff history or the first time in NLCS history or championship series history that brothers faced each other. And of course, their dad is in the crowd. And this it got really uncomfortable after a while because the dad is obviously freaked out. He's wearing a Padres jersey with a Phillies jersey over it. I didn't see what hat he was wearing, but he's, you know, obviously not rooting for one kid over the other, but of course Fox or Fox sports one or whoever the fuck it was has a camera right in his face. Every time something happened, good or bad, especially bad (laughs) against one of his sons. And of course, at one point in that rally inning, you just mentioned 
Austin Nola had a had a RBI single against his brother, and they just zoom right in on the dad as soon as it's happening. It's just like, and you could tell the anguish. It was it was it was uncomfortable. Get the fuck away from that. I mean, I guess he has to agree to be on camera, but it was so awkward. And I felt bad for him. He's in a no win situation. It's he's in a actually he's in a win win situation with both his kids in the NLCS, but it's still got to be really tough eh? being a being a father in that situation. We don't need. All of America doesn't need to be zoomed in on his face at every moment of that, but I thought that was crazy. So I, I guess I here here's here's the point I'm trying to make going forward on this. Based on our Nostra dumbass predictions in the preseason, I don't think we should bother predicting the World Series even with only four teams left. I think we should just talk about what we would like to see in the World Series at this point with the, with the options we have left. I think that'd, that'd be more interesting. Oh God, I just saw your foot. That's too much. Uh, do you, Oh Jesus. This is like a Tarantino <laughs> film all of a sudden. Um, Paint my toes. Jesus. Uh, I don't, I don't know. We've got, we've got multiple scenarios here. All right, here, here. I'm going to start. I got a root for Houston over the Yankees. I, what, like what would your dream dream world series be not your dream but your perf- preferred world series of what we have to choose from actually i would ugh. okay i do, i want philly to advance well, yeah. i'm just gonna start on okay. that end of it i want philly to advance fuck the padres oh yeah i mean you're a giants fan so yeah you gotta yeah. root against the padres so that that make that make per- makes perfect sense of of the options we have and i guess I guess Houston. <laughs> I, I honestly can't think of a, a. That's probably my worst case scenario of all the all the options, or probably the worst case scenario for for uh, TV executives. I, I can't believe that would bring a lot of juice. I don't. I mean, Philly's certainly got a big enough fan base, and Houston has whatever they have. But that's probably the, the lowest rated series there could possibly be. I can see why you would root for that. That that makes sense. Um, if you have to root for something, I think I'm rooting for Houston, San Diego. Uh, I don't know if that's all that great, but at least I don't think that's going to help your ratings at all. Well, the only good thing about that is at least weather could never be an issue, considering we're in San Diego and then in a uh, retractable roof stadium in Houston. Uh, so there wouldn't be inclement weather to to be an issue any, at any point. So maybe Major League Baseball is rooting for that. I will never root for another Yankees World Series. We've seen plenty of those. I don't need to see it again. Uh, Phillies, I just I have. I'd be okay if they make it, but maybe maybe Phillies Phillies Houston would be my second. Uh, but that just doesn't seem like is that a ratings bonanza either as i mean i don't, I don't know <laughs> let, 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 let's just there'd be a lot of there. there'd be former tigers in it so i'd be, I'd be happy about it but the the once you involve the houston astros mm. in any of these series the ratings bonanza goes down yeah it's a problem they you put you Yankee. put so, you put Philly Yankees, San Diego Yankees. It's gonna be they're they're gonna give it's gonna be their dream come true. But San Diego. but Philly, but Philly Yankees, the ratings are gonna be through the roof. The East That's, Coast is gonna be well. 
That's East Coast rankings. Does anyone else pay attention? I mean, well, that, does anyone care about the rest of the country? Maybe that, that's, that's well, another that's question. That, but but the, you got the Yankees are like one of those teams that is all over, just like the yeah, Dodgers are throughout the U.S. Yeah, so. it's going to be good ra- ratings if the Yankees make it, no matter what, no matter who they play. But Phillies Yankees is, I feel like that's like almost a crosstown series. Like how the proximity of those teams, I feel yeah, like they're in the same neighborhood. It's about as boring as it gets. Yeah, I'm from not a matchup standpoint. I guess I would root for the Phillies in that scenario, of course. Um, Yankees Padres. It's almost like the Goose Gossage series. Um, a, a former asshole of the week, actually, uh, and former Yankee and Padre Goose Gossage. Um, that's got you know. East and West Coast appeal. I think that's kind of interesting, at least. Uh, very contrasting franchises. Uh, as the Yankees are the winningest franchise in history. And the Padres have never won a World Series. They've only been to one, where they lost to my Detroit Tigers, of course, in 1984. Uh, so I, I guess I could get some... There would be some interest in that. I think that'd be kind of cool. That might be a pretty good ratings, actually, of getting both coasts involved, at least. So... I don't know. That, that, I guess those are the scenarios. I, again, I don't think it's worth us predicting what's going to happen as we've shown. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about and few people do considering the randomness and awesomeness of baseball. So I'm having fun watching these playoffs regardless. So, which I wasn't sure I would consider. I have real, no real affinity for anything. Anyone left. Uh, and I know you're in a similar boat, but I hope, I hope you're enjoying them equally at least. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 <laughs> me. Eh. So we're canceling the podcast after this. Is that is that what you're saying, folks? This is our last episode to 2023. <laughs> These playoffs have really hit you hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was I was telling uh, uh, Dave Dave at work that um, I think it's just when you expect your team mm. to at oh least make it to at least make it. I'm not. I'm not saying I, there's very well could have been a first round exit, but we've seen uh, it. Ba- baseball. I just it's a cool a, game. I have a sour taste of, of baseball right now. You're gonna have to get over it, buddy. We, we've got a lot of podcasts to to record. We've got sponsors depending on us. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Speaking of sponsors, <laughs> Revolution. Just a mm. uh, little little. Uh, little note here folks for those of you i know smitty is not a fan of this as he let one sit out on the counter and get bored oh. for for 18 hours but yeah sorry um, about that i feel deep, bad about that still actually the deep woods off series 2023 i know i'm joking <laughs> the deep uh revolution brewing's deep Woods series uh just launched you can get your death star and your cafe death and death by current uh new one this year they all got released uh visit the tap room they're they are uh, sometimes difficult to come by and <sighs> these are rare once a year releases i of course have saved some so i will wow. be doing a comparison once i get my hands on some or on a year over year on which series uh maybe fared a little better than the other so. I could probably handle one of those once a year if I if I planned ahead. I did not plan ahead properly for that one. I feel I feel bad about that because I know what a quality beer it was, and I could not consume it when I realized I was going to be drinking twenty more beers over the course of that evening 
with the fantasy baseball draft and everything else going on. So uh, I, I, I have reasons for why I did that. <laughs> I'm not totally proud of those reasons, but it had to be done. But yeah, the death, it's death's tar. Yeah, the, death tar. The, yeah. The, the emphasis on the tar. They are a, it's a thick <laughs> IPA for sure. Double IPA? What? Triple IPA? No, what? no, it's a, it's a, um, it's a bourbon barrel. Um, um, it's not an IPA. It's mm. a um, tar uh, stout. Stout, yeah. Yikes! It was it was tough. Those are those are serious beers. Um, but yeah, those are those are hitting the shelves as we speak, and they are nice. available. Uh, the, of course they will be running from this year. They'll continue to release, um, different series, uh, throughout the year into early next year. The next, the next set, which I also like, uh, Rye, Rye Way to Heaven, uh, <laughs> nice. that those come out, um, on November 18th. So that's, that's another dandy. So, um, yeah. The, they're they're actually imperial oatmeal stouts. That's what I was. Oh, okay, to, uh, that yeah, makes so. sense. Why? Well, I will continue consuming my delicious antiheroes at a rapid rate, and uh, support everything that Revolution does, even though I might not be able to consume many of their heavier beers. But uh, yeah, again, thank you to Revolution for supporting us and supporting our beer drinking habits and hopefully we're giving them a little return on their investment <laughs> and also uh yeah a little something we must be doing we must be doing something right yeah they keep giving us beer so they thanks. keep giving us beer um and then one other note of congratulatory to revolution brewing there's billboards that have been put up all over chicagoland area that they are the number one chicagoland ipa Really? Antihero? Yeah, Antiheroes. Nice. Number one IPA. The best. Voted the number one IPA. In that makes sense the to me. Chicagoland area makes perfect sense to me. So, all right, well, that's it. We are past the two hour mark now of this podcast. This is what happens when we don't record for three weeks. So, I'm not surprised, but this, is, this has been fun. I'm glad we're back on the saddle. We might not need to talk too much until after the World Series. Uh, and hopefully there is going to be a lot of free agent news. We will have a White Sox manager by the end of the month, it sounds like. That's we'll have, the rumor. We'll have that to talk about in the next episode. So there's there's going to be plenty to talk about this offseason. So stay tuned, motherfuckers. With that, I think we can wrap this episode up. I think this is 117, 116, maybe. I gotta look, I gotta look that up again. I believe it's 116 and 15 for the for number the 15 sock of socks type thing. Yeah. All right. Well, you can find both those podcasts on the same the same podcast on both feeds. Actually, I'm gonna continue to do that for a bit. Uh anywhere you'd like to find a podcast, socks type thing, and major league a-holes in the hole. You can find us on social media at Sox Type Thing and Majorly Gay Holes. You can find us on the web at MajorlyGayHoles.com and SoxTypeThing.com. And with that, I think we can declare this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. Uh. S-S-H-O-L-E, everybody, A-S-S.
asshole, and I'm proud of it. Word Hole Media.